0: Hey church, welcome to Frontline Community Church Podcast. My name is Cody Mahaffey and I'm the Connections and group pastor here at Frontline in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So our mission here is simple, to see zero people unchanged by Jesus. So whether you've been following Jesus your whole life or your journey has just begun, we hope that this message will help draw you near to the person of Jesus, be challenged and encouraged by his word, and be moved to action. We hope these next few moments are a blessing to you and equip you to see who God really is and who you really are in him. Well, good morning, Frontline. It's just good to see all of you. It's good to have you if you're joining and watching online. I want to start off with a question today. The question goes like this. What do you need to feel secure what do you need to feel secure? You might not have put a lot of thought into this, uh, so I want to give you a little bit. I'm going to ask you again. What do you need to feel secure, especially in the lane of money or finances or retirement? I mean, what what do you need to feel secure? Uh, you might not have heard of this place before, but I bet you have. It's called Fort Knox. Uh, looks like this. Fort Knox is actually home to half of the United States gold reserves. I started looking into this, going, "What? What makes Fort Knox so secure?" Because it's actually known all around the world as the most secure vault on the planet. So here, here's what goes into Fort Knox. It's full of landmines, electric fences, laser-guided machine guns. It can actually withstand an atomic bomb. Did you know that? Uh, It has an army base with 40,000 troops that are nestled right next to it. It has its own power plant. It has its own water system. uh, And then this is my favorite. It actually has a satellite defense system. Why, you might ask? For extraterrestrial dangers. I don't even know what that means. But it has a satellite system that is devoted to the security of this place that holds half of the United States gold reserves. It is the most secure vault on the planet and it is what our government has decided. This is what makes us feel secure, is our gold and then everything else that surrounds it. What makes you feel secure? What makes you feel secure? Maybe it's a number in your bank account. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a relationship or a house, a certain equity. Maybe it's retirement or freedom. What makes you feel secure? You know, on on every bill that we have, right, every dollar bill, $5, $10, $20, $100, uh, there's actually this line, in God we trust. It's such a funny statement to put on our currency. Why do I think it's a funny statement to put on our currency? Because most of us don't act like that. Most of us act like this is the God that our trust is actually in. And I bet, I mean, if I'm you, I might have my guard up right now. I might have defenses high. I might be like, okay, you're going to ask me for something at the end. I'm not going to ask you to do anything that would make us a benefactor at the end of this. I, I actually think God wants you to benefit from what he actually has for us in the next half hour or so. I think God has something for all of us because I think most of us honestly live our lives in a way that says, you know, in God we trust, but it's this God, it's this, this God. The money God or the money idol that so many of us build our lives around, maybe the American dream that a lot of us have sold some of the most important aspects of our life to acquire. I think God actually has something for us today. He doesn't want something from us. We're, we're preaching this today, not from a place of desperation. I, I want you to hear that. You know, for those of you that pay attention to numbers and you look at giving slides and all that, like we're in a very healthy place financially here at a church right now, in part because of the faithfulness of many of you, of of giving of your tithes and of your offerings. So I want you to hear this today. We're not preaching from a place of desperation. Like, we need this, so please give. No, we're we're preaching today from a place of discipleship. Uh, Five of our zeros that we are built on here at Frontline uh, our, our biggest zero, I would say, is this. Uh, it's zero people unchanged by Jesus in our community. That's what we're after. But one of the zeros that helps us get there is zero gods before God. So if we're actually serious about that, if we actually want to live our lives in a way that actually puts God first, we have to talk about money. We absolutely have to, especially in our culture today. So I'm excited to jump in today because I think the passage that we have, it's full of a couple different surprises that maybe you didn't know, maybe you hadn't heard before. But Jesus uses this illustration to actually teach his disciples about money, about what God is actually after for our hearts for us to find our security only in him. So let's check this out together. This is Luke chapter 21. If you have a Bible, open it up, or if you use your phone, open that up. If you're watching online, we have words for you. So as Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. So here's the scene. Jesus and his disciples are traveling. They end up inside of a temple. And the way the temple was set up in ancient Israel was there was this box. It was this large box, almost looks like a gourd, right? It has a very small opening at the top and then it kind of opens up wider at the bottom. And what people would do in the temple is they would walk forward and they would give of their tithe or they would give of their offering to the Lord and they would deposit it. So you could actually hear it echo inside the temple you could hear the different sized gifts of people that come in you could actually sit there and watch people give it's not like today where things are so private or hidden I mean you can give online you can give at home you can give in secret you can give electronically here it was if you were going to give to the temple you did it in front of everyone so Jesus and his disciples they're inside the temple and what they witness is this poor widow bottom rung of society I mean, in Judaism or, or in this culture, she would have been extraordinarily vulnerable. Some of the most vulnerable people in all of Israel would have been widows who relied 100% on the generosity, on the care of other people that were around them. It didn't, they, they didn't even have a lot of the structures that we have today in our own country. They were 100% vulnerable. So what happens is she walks forward and she has these two small copper coins. They actually look like this. They're called leptins. These leptins, I'll show you a picture here of it in a second. These small coins, they're, they're like leptin. They're, they're called leptins. They're, they're kind of like pennies. That's kind of what they, they look like. But if you're like, okay, well, was it, was it really two pennies? Uh, the actual amount that these would have added up to, according to a lot of different scholars, was a couple minutes of work. So fill that in for whatever is true of you. However much that might be, I'm sitting there going, okay, man, if it's today, maybe it's like this. She walks forward and she has a couple of dollars and you hear these gifts, right? They're all coming in, they're they're loud coins and so they're echoing and clinging and clanging and all of that. And then you hear this, this widow walk forward and you hear plink, plink. It's like dollar number one, dollar number two. And Jesus wants to point out something to his disciples. Here's what he says. He says, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put in, say it with me, more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. But she doesn't advertise that. She doesn't share that. She she doesn't walk through the temple, you know, Kick the doors down. I'm here. Plink, plink. Okay, I'm ready. She she doesn't say any of that. She doesn't do any of that. She deposits her coins and Jesus because He's God. Knows her financial condition. Knows that what she walked in with was a hundred percent of what she had to live on. She didn't give ten percent. She didn't give twenty five. She didn't give fifty. She didn't give. 70, she gave a hundred percent of what she had to live on. She was making a statement. And I think that's what wowed Jesus so much. It wasn't the size of her gift. I think so often, if we're honest, so many of us, we we want credit or we compare ourselves to other people based on the size of our gifts or the size of our net worth or the size of our homes or the size of our influence. We often look at size, but I actually think it's the wrong metric. Jesus looks at the statement. And the statement that she made, whether or not it was to other people, I I don't even think she cared. The statement she made to God was, my security is in you, God, not me. Not my ownership. Not my control. Not my money. The statement she makes is, God, I'm putting 100% of the outcome of my life in your hands, she actually surrenders it. What a bold statement. What a bold move to do. And the son of God is right there and he looks at his disciples and he goes, do do you see it? Do you see how significant? I mean, I think Jesus was so impressed, again, not by the size of her gift, but by the statement that she made with it. This is so stinking difficult for me. If if I'm being honest with you, this is an area that I I struggle with, not the tithe part, but the security part of where do I actually derive my security. In fact, let me define tithing for you just so we're all on the same page because I've learned, especially in this role, different people define tithing different ways. So here's what tithe means according to Scripture. A tithe is a tenth. It is one out of ten. It is 10%. A tithe is the first 10% that we take in that God actually invites us to give back to him. In fact, followers of Jesus and and God's people have been doing this for thousands of years. And what God instructed the ancient Israelites to do was the first 10% of what you bring in, I want you to return it back to me to make it a discipline, to make it a habit, to make it a regular priority in your life. Why? Because it reminds you that your security is actually in him and not yourself because the temptation for us all the time is to, to put our hope our trust our security in this instead of in him so here here's why this is hard for me uh i'll keep this for a second uh this is a great illustration it's hard for me to put this down isn't it can you relate to that? Man, so uh, here's what's hard about giving for me. Here's what's hard about tithing for me. Here's what's hard about money for me is once I have it, it's like sticky. It is so hard for me to let it go. You know what I'm talking about? Because all of a sudden, here's what starts going through my mind, but this is mine. I worked for this. I earned this. I traded for this. I invested this. I, th- this is mine. It is due to me, Lord. Th- this is mine. Why, why would I give it up? As soon as I give it up, what do I give up? Control. Outcome? Whatever happens to it beyond? What, what about my future? I, all of a sudden, it opens up the door for me for fear. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if somebody gets sick? What if I need it? What if my truck breaks? What, 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 what if, God, and, and this fear drives me to actually do this, to hold on tight? Tithing has been this discipline that I, I've built it. My dad built it into uh, all of us as kids when we would grow up. He'd give us allowance and if he gave us like $10, he would, he would say, okay, $1 goes to God, $1 goes to savings, and then 80%, you can spend the rest. And I was like, 80%, that's a lot of money. But it was that 10%, that first one to let go of is like, but, but you mean I don't have control of that anymore? Once I let that go, it's gone? That's the point. It, it, tithing is this discipline of regularly letting go, giving back as a reminder that God is the one it all comes from anyway. That our security isn't in this, it is actually in him. So here's what happened a week ago. I hate this, right? Anytime I have to preach on something, God's like, I'm gonna sprinkle in a little illustration for you, David, ahead of time, and you're not gonna see it coming. So Shannon and I went on a date. Uh, We went on a, a date last week, we went to this restaurant, and uh, we were having fun, we were eating dinner, we were talking, and I, I'm a questions guy, I love to ask good questions. And so Shannon's like, why don't you look up some fun questions uh, just online, like fun date night questions. So we start looking through, and, and of course, the one about the lottery jumps out. So I go, here, here's Shannon, how about this one? I go, if you would win the lottery today, what is the first thing you would do with the money tomorrow? That was our question. I was like, this is going to be fun. So Shannon, as we're eating, she starts describing, she's like, man, I, I think I would just want to help the people closest to us. She's like, I'd I'd want to pay off the debts of maybe our parents or our siblings or our grandparents. And I'd like to give some specific gifts. I've always wanted to be able to write some big checks to different people or organizations that need it. I'd love to just give and and, and share and and offer and make a difference in our family and set up our boys for this amazing future. She was so specific. I'm like, you're just... This is coming out of you? Like you haven't sat there and thought? And she goes, yeah, what would you do? And I wasn't thinking of an answer. I was just listening. She goes, David, what would you do? And I was like, I'd buy a new truck. (laughs) I was like, I already know which one I want. (laughs) And like this wave of conviction hits me. So I'm like, that's the best you could come up with? (laughs) Like a new truck. And I can still picture it. It's still in my head. I still see it. But this wave of conviction hits me because it's this. Man, what's, what's the first reaction? Me. Me. You're playing stinks, and You give it away, then it's gone. Maybe God's saying to me, David, your plan stinks. Because it revolves all around you. Because your security is all built on that. You see, I think so many of us find security in a lot of different things that are actually unstable to their core. I think we find security in a job. At some point, that job's going to come to an end. Some of us find security in in a marriage. At some point, your marriage is going to come to an end. Every marriage ends in either divorce or death. Happy Sunday. Thought about that walking in. Some of us want to put our hope in, you know, I don't know, stock market or you know, regular income that's coming in or a house or a neighborhood or a standard of living. What happens when the stock market crashes or your car breaks down or somebody in your family gets sick or your body starts to deteriorate? All these things that we put so much hope and security into, I think actually end up failing at one point or another. The only thing that doesn't fail is the person of Jesus. that That's what this widow had that was so significant for Jesus. She had all of the same needs that every one of us has. She just lacked the means to meet them on her own. But I think the thing that she figured out, the thing that she had, the thing that we also should be after was her entire security was rooted in the person of God. She said, God, I I trust the outcome of my future. I trust my destiny. you. And Jesus goes, are you you guys watching this? Are you seeing this? You see how significant this is? You see how different that is? You see how countercultural that is? Everybody else gave out of their extra. It's just like whatever we had left over, that's what we gave. You know what that's called? It's called a tip. It's just, oh, if I, if I have extra right at the end, let's see what we have left, and then, then I'll just give out of that. Jesus is going, I'm, I'm not calling you to tip. I'm calling you to tithe. I'm calling you to put your trust in me, your security in me, your faith in me. I want everything you do, this thing that comes in and out all the time, currency, money, dollars. I, I want this as it comes in, that it's constantly a reminder to you that God is in control of your destiny, and you have your security rooted in that. The kingdom of God is so backwards sometimes, isn't it? I think most of us, right, especially our parents, we our parents want us to move out of the house. Can I get an amen? We'll work on it. I, I think so many, so many of our parents want us to move out, or our parents want our kids to move out, because we want people to find this place of independence. Don't be dependent on me. Don't don't. Rely on me to cook your food and make your meals and pay your bills and live under my roof. So much of our culture is built on how do I get independent? Retirement is built on the foundation of independence. It's so that I have no more need for anybody or anything around me and I can do what I want to do. The kingdom of God calls us to dependence. God says, I want you to to depend on me. The Lord's prayer talks about our, our daily bread that he wants to provide for us daily not yearly not every 10 years every decade not God wants to be so intimately involved with our lives that we are dependent on him so here here's the thing i think the widow figured out that i think we should be after it it wasn't oh i just have to give 100% that that's not it it's the place of Security. I think she was able to discover total security because it came through total surrender. If we're going to move towards something today, the thing that I want to invite you to start thinking about is how do I surrender control of the thing that I derive security from back to him? How do I give it up? How do I let it go? I think God wants to free you from some things that maybe have a grip on your heart or on your mind, or on your life, or on your job, so much so that it might be costing you in other areas of your life that that you're just not aware of right now. Is that how idols work? They get your heart, and then they get your mind, and then they get your time, and your energy, and your obsession. And before you know it, you are so deep in a hole of like, I just need this thing, once I get this thing, once I get this thing, once I get this thing. And and this is true of David, uh, just in my own life, it's never quite enough. It's always like one more step, one more hour, one more job, one more title, one more dollar. When this widow, as she walks forward in front of everybody, she goes, I'm good. I'm content. God is in control of my future now. Total surrender led her to total security. Here's what I would say to you. Your security is not going to be found in a what? Whatever that is for you. It's not going to be found in a bank account or a certain number. It's not going to be found... Uh, in a marriage or in a neighborhood or in a net worth or whatever, a job, your body, your health, your security will not be found in a what. It can only be found in a who, and his name is Jesus. That's it. it. I I could close this message right now and wrap it up and go, that's what you need to hear. That's it. The more you chase the what, the more it's going to disappoint. Those things tend to overpromise, and under-deliver, but then here's Jesus saying, I, I have a gift for you if you want it. So so they watch this widow give her gift in the temple and Jesus turns around and he, he looks at his disciples and I just, I love that this stuff's in the Bible because I go, I can relate to that. Look at what happens next here. Luke 21, verse five, some of his disciples were remarking about how the temple was adorned with beautiful stones and with gifts dedicated to God. Okay, so let me just, these dummies, okay? They're in the temple. Jesus is going, do you see how amazing this is? Like this woman just gave, she gave a hundred percent. She surrendered all of it to God. like, Like, how amazing is that? And they're like, dude, these things are so shiny, wow. And it's like, you can picture am like Peter. Peter's always my favorite. Peter sticks his foot in his mouth all the time. I'm like, I can relate. You can picture him like touching the gold on the wall and looking at the stones and looking at the expensive furniture. And like, where was this from? This has to be imported. They're just walking through going, how much do you think this thing's worth? I mean, if we sold it today, what's it worth on Zillow? You know, it's like they're, they're trying to figure out, like, look at all of this stuff and Jesus, right? And he kind of like, guys, how many times are we going to do this? Here's what Jesus says. He goes, Jesus said, as for what you see here, the time will come when not one stone will be left on another. How much is that going to be worth on Zillow, boys, when it's done? Pile of rubble. Not one stone will be left on top of the other. These things, you just move from thing to thing to thing to thing. You move from money and dollars and, and net worth and job and security. whatever. You move from that just to the next thing. And so they're looking at the, at the stones of the temple. And here's what Jesus says. Every one of them will be thrown down. I don't think he's just talking about the stones at this point every other thing that we are tempted to build our security on, our trust in, everything else that we go, ah, oh, I just feel secure here, safe here, comfortable here. I, I've arrived here. Everything else will eventually crumble. But Jesus looks at his disciples and he goes, except me. I, I've told you this a thousand times. I've, I've demonstrated it to you. I've showed you how much I love you and care about you. I've showed you the treasures of the kingdom. Stop chasing the things of this world when you have access to me. There is no greater security that you could ever find in your entire life than in the person of Jesus, but you have to surrender to him. You don't just get to add him on the top like a tip. You have to surrender to him. You have to yield to him. I have a yield sign in my office. Full-size streets. I didn't steal it. I bought it, okay? If you're wondering, it'd be bad for a tithing message. You know, I stole this sign in the back. I have this yield sign, and every time I walk past it in my office, it's a reminder to me, are you yielding to the Holy Spirit's leading in your life? Financially, are you yielding to the Holy Spirit's leading in your life? Do, do you hold it like this, or do you hold it like this? See, the reason we can put our security in Jesus is because he surrendered the ultimate price for us. Went to the cross, died a brutal sinner's death, blood everywhere. Because he took on our sin, our shame, our guilt, our shortcomings. He took all of it, literally laid down, surrendered his life for ours to trade so we might spend eternity with him, so we might have a relationship with him, so that our lives may be built on a foundation that is secure and solid and without cracks, so that we might live forever with him and operate out of this place of security because it only comes through him. That's what Jesus did for you on the cross. What greater love, what greater love has anyone ever demonstrated for you than that? To lay down his life, to pay a debt that we could never pay on our own. And he took it upon himself so that you could have this little thing called security in him. When I was 19, I was heading into my freshman year of college. I remember I was reading this book. It was basically about like, how do do you relate to God in every area of your life? And I've already shared with you, you know, money is is probably the, the number one competitor in my own heart for the seat of number one with God. It's the number one. It's the hardest thing for me to let go of. And so I was 19. I remember I read, it was this small little snippet in a book. I I reread it last night. I actually found the spot. And it it talked about finding your security in the person of Jesus and how how oftentimes that actually requires an act of surrender, actually letting go of something to make a statement. And so I remember I, I was working my tail off. I was probably working 65, 70 hours a week. I was making... I was making dollars, okay? You could count them up like this. All I needed was ones. I wasn't making a lot of money at all. I was looking at my bills that were coming up for that fall. It was gonna be thousands upon, I think $7,000, something like that short. And I was tithing. I was actually giving that 10%. It was the first 10%, it came right off. I would give it back to the Lord. But I felt like what God was stirring in me is, how much of your security is actually in me? because I, I actually think it's possible to tithe and still find your security and your wealth. But I, I don't think it's possible to surrender everything and still find your security and your wealth. So that, that was the, the test I could feel coming. And so I remember thinking, going, okay, Lord, I got like 10 weeks in a summer. Maybe I just test myself and see, where, where is my security actually? Is it, is it in him or is it in me? And so I decided, I took a week's paycheck. It's about another 10%. I took a week's paycheck and I went, God, I'm gonna trust you with this. I'm gonna give it above and beyond, not because it's about the amount, because it's about the statement. I, I'm trying to find my trust and security and hope in you and I'm gonna take a step, God, that, that puts my money where my mouth is. And so I remember I I gave that check, I drove it away. And if you're like, wow, so spiritual, no way. Panic, anxiety, fear, what did I just do? That was dumb, from a book, it wasn't even the Bible. You know, it's all these things going through my head. Like, why did I just do that? You know, it's so funny though, is over over the course of the next couple days and weeks, I actually had this security, like, you know what, whatever. My, My security is in God. And if he does provide, then he provides. And if he doesn't, my security is still in him. You know what blew my mind? Is he did provide. I, I finished that first year. I was totally debt-free. Every bill had been paid that entire year because of his faithfulness, because of his goodness. And the reason I tell you that is because that became a foundation for me for my life since. Anytime I feel like, oh, I'm finding a lot of security in this and it's hard for me to let go and I'm not sure if I want to, I hear this little whisper, I think, from the Holy Spirit that says, David, when have I failed you before? When have I ever failed you? And I'm always quick to go, oh, was that one time. Eh, no, that actually worked out. Oh, but wait, there was this other time that I gave that. No, that one. I think what God is after for all of us is just our hearts. He just wants our hearts. He doesn't want a dollar amount from you. I think he wants a percentage from you of your heart. And newsflash, it's all of it. He wants all of it. The thing that you saw on your seat as you walked in, it says 90-day tithing challenge. Here's what I want you to do with this. Okay, because if you're like, oh, here's the ask. He's going to make it. I'm not. I'm not. This is between you and God. I don't even care where you give it. This is between you and God. If you want to throw it out, crumple it up, hit it in the trash when you leave, fine. This is between you and God. What I want to ask you to do, and it's the same thing that I'm going to do with my wife, is we're going to go home and we're going to sit with this for a couple days or a week, whatever. We're going to sit and go, okay, Lord, what is it that you are calling us to give in this next season? And that that we would actually be obedient to it. What I'm going to ask you, to do the same thing. Would you pray about it? You know, if you're married, this isn't just the you thing. Even if you do the the money, sit down with your spouse and go, what are we going to commit to? What are we going to do? How are we going to take a step in the direction to say, God, this is where my security is. It's not in money. It's in you. I want you to do it. Do it for 90 days. See how it changes your life. Because I think God has a gift for you. I think he wants something for you. I think he wants to set you free from something that has a grip on you, that's going to keep over-promising and under-delivering. I think God wants to set you free, to give you a clear mind, to give you a heart on fire for him, to give you a security that cannot be shaken by circumstances, but is only found in him. So here's my challenge. Just do it. Take a risk. Be obedient. Allow God to speak into that part of your heart. And then there's a a spot on here. It's so important. It's on the back. It's right in the middle. It says, share your story. We want to hear your story. We want to hear what God's going to do in your life because it can change your life. And your story might change somebody else's life. So share it. Share your stories with us as you discern that and discern just what next steps look like for you and God. I'd love to close just in a time of prayer. Uh, I just want to invite you to pray with me. So let's bow our heads. Holy Spirit, we just come before you right now, uh, knowing full well, uh, it is so easy for us to find our security only in money or only in our job. We're only in retirement or only in a relationship, something something that we are ultimately in control of. And so we, we just invite you into the room right now. We invite you into the rooms of everybody watching at home right now. We invite you into families and in marriages. God, this, this, this idol of greed has a way of just taking over. And so I, I just pray that we would lay it down at your feet, that we would follow the steps of this widow who put her total trust, her total heart, her total life, her total surrender in your hands. And I pray that we would be a church, God, that's known for doing that in our community. I pray that you would bless this group, these people, these marriages, these families, just by their surrender to you. And I pray that you bring stories of life change, stories of impact stories of significance, stories that shape the gates of hell because it's so different than the way the rest of our world functions. God, I pray that you would do that in this midst, in this group, in this church, for the purposes of your kingdom. We love you. So we pray this in Jesus' name and everybody said together. Amen. We hope this message encouraged you to know who God is and who you are in him. If you want to take a next step, visit FrontlineGR.com next. We look forward to connecting with you there and we'll see you back here next week.